Tonight on the Goblin's Corner. Divination done right. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're doing divination done right. Indeed. Divination's a school that doesn't get as much love as we personally feel it needs to get. Very correct. And so we're going to show you guys some really cool stuff that you can do for thematics and storyline to get divination really interesting, flavorful, a lot of fun. And we've got a whole host of spells that you can use for your game. We've almost doubled the spells that divination has in 5e. And shockingly, it only took us like, what, an hour to do this? Yes. Yeah. So... We're going to give you some awesome spells you can use for your game, show you a little bit more about divination, and Matt's going to get into a big rant about why he's irritated with divination. But before we get to that... We got a question of the week, man. Oh, yeah. So, what do we have this week, Matt? Keeping on our theme, Mm -hmm. like we like to do occasionally, you can use your divination powers to watch one single event in Mm. history play out. What would it be? One single event. I have two answers. Okay. <laughs> no, I know this is surprising to anyone who's ever listened to the question of the week. The first one We're is- in, There's never a single there's answer. There's never a single answer. I can't help it, man. It's chaotic neutral. The first one is, go way back to the beginning of life, and I want to see that alien, Hakalugi, on the mudball earth before life springs, and that's how life comes about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know that's how it happened. Sure. Someone left like a candy wrapper or something from another alien civilization, and that's where we came from. Sure. And the second is, and most people might say, whoa, it would be great if you saw the day the dinosaurs you know, died, like the great Cretaceous extinction. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to see the party the night before. Because that has to be banging. A bunch of crazy dinosaurs just, you know, getting hammered, drunk. You know, doing stuff pterodactyl, going rawr, just flying around everywhere. I bet it's, I bet it's awesome. Uh, sure, it's got to be right. It's got to be great. Mister Toad's there, rocking it out. There's lizards, still Archaeopteryx. Yeah, yeah Mister Toad's always around, man. He's just chilling, you know. But I bet there'd be a great party the night before. They didn't have any idea that <laughs> that that this huge, you know, asteroid's going to hit the Earth. Party at Ground Zero. That's right. Yeah, and it, and so that's that's where I want to be. All right. Rocking out with some dinosaurs, velociraptors and such. I know your team Ankylosaurus. I am. You know they can party. You know they can. They look like they can. Nobody can stop them. That's right. So, yeah, <laughs> they go party wherever the hell they want. That's right. All right. Now, what would your single event in history be that you would want to watch? You know, I know very weird things. Yes. And because of that, I have very weird questions. My one historical event would be a day in the life of whatever was going on in the Ice Age, Stone Age tunnels under Europe. History doesn't know. Scientists don't know. Freaking sociologists don't know. Nobody knows what those were for, and I want to know. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard about this, go look it up. There's apparently like a whole bunch of tunnels. Was it like 12,000 years ago or something like that yeah. that were dug? We estimate. Yeah. It could be older. 
and they're all over. It's like Swiss cheese, man. Everyone's living in caves and holes, and and some of them link for a couple hundred meters. Yeah, that's uh, three, multiply that by three for anybody in the U.S. Guys, yeah. get your calculator out, figure that out, or just do meters to yards. Or you could do meters to yards. That works too. Yeah, it's pretty close. It's really interesting. Yeah, and I would love to see what's going on in those caves. It's probably you know what it probably is if you go back in time. It's probably forty meters down <laughs> into the ice. And so they just kind of dug down from the ice into a cave. Could be. Because, you know, those cave bears were nasty. Nobody knows. Nobody, Nobody knows. knows. Are you a miner and you dig holes? Or perhaps you're a historian. Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me, Eric at goblinscorner.com or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can find us on all the things. So many things. Like Twitter. Twitter. Pretty much that's <laughs> it. At Goblin's Corner on Twitter. Oh. And Discord. We do chat on Discord. Go find it. It's on our Twitter page. All right. Let's talk a little bit about divination done right. Matt, how long have I known you? 25 years. 25, 26 years, something like that. Yeah. 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 How long have you been pissed off with divination? Since third edition. Okay. Because second edition had a whole boatload of spells, and therefore some of them were actually dedicated to divination. So this episode predominantly is devoted because Matt is pissed off with divination in 3.5 and 5th edition. Yes. And presumably 4th edition. Yes. Tell me a couple reasons why you're angry or irritated, at least, at divination for D&D. In 5th edition, the lack of options for divination spells is egregious. Do you realize they don't even have a 7th and 8th level spell for divination? Not surprising, but that's okay. unfortunate. You've got a subclass <laughs> devoted <laughs> to, to divination. Divination. He didn't even bother to give them a spell per level. Garbage. It's nonsense and trash. Now, there are some third-party people out there that have beefed up divination, and thank you, third-party folks. And if I recall, there's also some spells out that have that have come out since the player's handbook. I think, I think there's some stuff in Tasha's. There's some stuff definitely in, uh, what is it, the Player's Guide to Wildemont, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, a few other books. But but not for divination. But not, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll fuck them then. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate, right? That's definitely an irritation. If I was playing a diviner, and by the way, I have, and they're great. They're awesome. They're awesome to play. Why wouldn't you? extra spells what, what's another reason though that's 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 just one reason this ties into my answer to that question and to our question of the week right divination has the least representation despite having the most actual historical precedence yes because there are actually people who supposedly divine yeah and there were people who were extremely famous for it mm-hmm. yeah nostradamus yeah was a diviner in fact person that reads your palms or reads tarot cards or tea leaves or any of the other type of stuff oh well also in roman times they were gazing at the entrails and birds and such entrails were happening back then it it was a career path yeah 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 it's like hmm i could go to war i could join the senate oh i could look at dead things i could tell these people whether or not they should go to war yeah Looking about roadkill. That's right. Yeah, look at some roadkill, crack an egg or something like that, sniff some occult vapors, and all of a sudden you're telling 
Caesar, what to do. Yep, lick a frog. I mean, you know, whatever it's handy. In addition to that, there's really no good damage spells for divination. Nope. I mean, even one mind splinter is an enchantment spell. Yes. Which you would think mind powers and stuff like that, that would be kind of cool for divination, right? You know, future and stuff like that. It's one of the best candidates for psychic damage divination. Yes. By the fact that you know things which are not supposed to be known, or you can get other people to know things which are not supposed to be known, and the shock could cause psychic damage. And yet, no divination damage spells. Nope. You could literally look into somebody's eyes, pull out their deepest trauma, and spit it in their face. That is literally psychic damage. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope, doesn't exist. There's not a spell for that. So sad. (sighs) What else we got? There are very few buffs and no debuffs, despite how divination was often used historically. Yeah. It was literally used to raise and lower the morale of troops. So that's something to consider when creating spells. And finally, there's really no good story thematics to roleplay. Like most of the divination spells that you see, and we've noticed this over the editions, less and less was based on like, material components or foci like in old school editions there's a lot of stuff where you're they'd actually tell you what kind of hand waving and stuff you're going to do none of that like scry you get a crystal ball right they don't tell you what to do with it or anything like that but there's so many cool thematics with divining or any spell really augury used to be the literal methodology for augury which was cutting open a bird and looking through its entrails or an animal Hmm. in second edition that's I I could be wrong, but I'm like 90% on the fact that that was the description for how you cast the spell. Kind of brutal, but But I that's mean, how it was historically done. Yeah. yeah. That's the precedent. That sucks for the bird. <laughs> so, a lot of reasons to be angry at the lack of representation in divination. Yes. And so, we're here to rectify that this evening. So, Matt, what is divination specifically? Like, if you were to look at the actual definition, say, on... Webster's or Wikipedia, like we looked it up at, what would you hear? Divination is a practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. Right. So traditionally, this word specifically refers to being able to see or know things that would be difficult or impossible through your regular senses. Right. Without magic. Now, in terms of spells, mm-hmm. everything is predominantly knowledge-based for divination. Absolutely. But there's a little more nuance to that. It's not just any knowledge, right? It is seeing the past or the future. Mm -hmm. It's remote viewing or listening Mm -hmm. on a person, place, or thing. Yeah. It's also uh, knowing the possible outcomes of current actions. It could also be stuff like contacting other realms or other entities to gain knowledge. could be increasing specific skills or knowledges. It's like, so you might all of a sudden know Kung Fu. Yes. And that is totally a divination ability. Additionally, there's also all kinds of other cool stuff like finding things or showing things that are hidden from view, whether that's magically hidden or just invisible or ethereal or whatnot, x-ray vision. Or literally just hidden. Yeah. And we say uh, seeing things a lot of times when we're talking about divination, but this can also be hearing things, touching things, smelling things, tasting things. And even just 
knowing things. Just knowing things, yeah. So sensing things that aren't normally sensed. And also, and this is most interesting as well. Yeah, interpreting dreams. There is tons of historical reference for that. And this could either be a method interpreting dreams, or it could just be straight up, I interpret these dreams and now I know stuff. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's funny to me that for some reason, knowing things and sensing things is often considered weak. That seems ridiculous to me. If you talk to any military person, knowing things, what did G.I. Joe say? Knowledge is half the battle, man. You know? Every damn episode I learned that. Right? <laughs> it's, it's like, once you know something, you can plan for it. Exactly. What do you do before you attack a target? You scout ahead. Forewarned is for, I don't know, damn it. Forewarned is for victory. That's what it means. I don't know what the actual phrase is. I'll come up with it later. So yeah, so divination is cool. And there's a lot of stuff we can do to make it even cooler. And so we've come up with a couple of ways to do divination right. Yes. Now all of these are options that you can take for your game. You don't have to use any of these. Of course not. You can use all of them if you like. Sure. And we wholeheartedly ask you to add to these if you wish, because these are just some samples, right? Yeah. Let us know if you love the ideas, if you hate the ideas, or if you think they need some cleaning up. Yeah. But these are just a couple we came up with, just on the fly, to make your divination or your diviner, or even just the role-playing aspect of it, more fun and interesting to play. Instead of just saying... I scry, okay, now I cast Claire audience to hear what's going on, or, you know, whatever. I roll my two portent dice this morning, because yeah. that's really why I took this class. I get, yeah, I get my <laughs> dice bonus. Thanks, that's great. But there's a lot more to it, right? So the first thing you could do is, you could add buffs and debuffs due to being able to predict potential outcomes. Yeah. So basically, mathematically speaking, you get buffs or debuffs, but thematically, it's because the descriptions in the spells or via the DM describing the spells, it's because you're able to see probable futures. Now, some of that concept, like I touched on it just a second ago, some of that was addressed with 5E's, the Diviner's Portent ability. Yeah, giving you a couple extra D20s to roll. Right. But this is the theme of the entire subclass and the entire school of magic. So there should be a little bit of emphasis on that. Because if you know the outcome, it's within reason for the divination school to have the ability to influence the outcome yeah. through the spell spells. What else can we do to kind of beef up divination just a tad? Add damage options. People are going to think I'm crazy. Divination's not a damage school. Okay, hear me out, though. If you take psychic or force damage by causing others to view possible harrowing paths. Seeing your parents naked. Right. I, there's so much. Because there's nothing in divination that says you're required to cast that spell on yourself. That's a good point. You could cast it on somebody else. Make them see something they shouldn't have seen. And they really didn't want to. See things no one else can see. Do things no one else can do. Real things. As really, yeah. yeah, yeah. So damage options are great. Psychic damage by forcibly causing others to view those harrowing paths is totally within reason within the line of divination. Yeah, it's not illusion. 
This isn't something that you're making up. This is something that could literally happen any moment. Yep. Now, something we didn't add, ironically, is utility spells. Now, there are some, but there could be an entire plethora of utility spells. Here, I'll go ahead and tell you a couple that you can go ahead and add right now. (laughs) Tasting something you're not supposed to taste. How about detect ethereal? which doesn't seem to be on the list for 5th edition. Right. How about detecting astral, being able to see astral creatures, or any plane? Like, imagine as a diviner, you can cast a spell to see what's going on on the abyss. Sure. Or any coterminous plane, like the plane of shadow. That's what I was going to say. Was any of the, the transient planes or anything like, like, okay, all of these planes, what is it? Shadow, fey, astral, ethereal. Far realm. Maybe in some spots. <laughs> sure. How about being able to see what's on the other side of a portal as a spell? Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's just seeing stuff. Again, you know what I would call that spell? Of, what? It's awful. This is a terrible pun. Porthole window. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was a terrible pun. How about giving someone tremor sense? Once again, something not offered. <laughs> it's blindsight. Yeah. Any of those. What is it the uh, that fish have? The lateral lines? Yes. On their on their side? Uh, it's it's basically... Meridians. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but it allows them... It's basically electrosense. It allows them to sense like vibrations in the water and stuff like that and electrical uh, um, waves and stuff like that. Why not give the ability to do that? There, or see in different spectra. And see gamma rays or x-rays hey there used to be x-ray vision in uh, first and second edition yep. bring that shit back so these are just a couple of examples again these are all utilities there's a lot more how about just being able to find your keys let's locate object oh well yeah but let me ask you something this is something that's always been bothering me why can't we have a spell that increases the range on locate object or person you should be able to upcast those and increase the range for each. If I'm a ninth, if I can cast like eighth or ninth level spells, I should be able to find my keys anywhere on the same plane of existence. Because if I can go there, I should be able to find it. Absolutely. Think about that. All right. What are some other things that we can do to make divination more awesome? Focus on outcomes, right? If I know the actions of a creature or event, what benefit is that going to give me as the caster? If I know that you're going to swing from the left, that should give me better AC. Mm -hmm. If I know exactly what style of weapon you're going to be using, maybe that's going to give disadvantage to the assailant. Or extra saves or whatnot. Right. Whatever... If I can see it coming, I can react to it before it even starts. And if you know the target's weaknesses ahead of time, then you know how to hit him where it hurts. Yep. Oh, he's got a bum knee? Kick him in the knee. <laughs> there you go. Bilbo could have gigged Smaug off rip if he'd have known in time. Very true. I'm not saying he would have in that portion of his character. Up, but he, he should have known. He should have known. Yeah. Hashtag, he should have known. Uh, one thing that I always say, and you've also said this on many different episodes, lean into the flavor, yes, particularly in spells. Yes, look, it isn't 
written anywhere that divination effects have to affect the caster, as you mentioned. Yep. But it also doesn't really write in a lot of the ways that they cast spells. And that's something from a player perspective that a lot of new players particularly are wanting to do. Yes. Like they want that role-playing aspect. Now, if you're with the group that doesn't really play that way, that's fine. You don't have to, to lean into that. But it's a lot of fun, and it gives you something more interesting to do than just say, I cast a spell. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But you should have the option. Yes. To do more. And some suggested options would be nice as well. Okay, let's since we're on the subject of thematics and, and spell description stuff like that, let's talk a little bit about material components and thematics. Okay. There's a lot of really fun things you can do to beef up the rituals of spells and the, particularly the material components in divination. Now, your typical trope is what? Crystal ball. Yeah, every time, right? I gaze into my crystal ball to cast scry. I mean, it's it's on the graphic for our video, but... There's a lot of really cool stuff that you could do. Divination's been going on for thousands of years. And this isn't an exhaustive list at all, but... By any stretch. No. Because we I, don't have all day. Yeah. I, you know, I sat down for a few minutes. Matt sat down for a few minutes. We came up with just a few examples of some things you could use to flavor your custom spells or even the existing ones a little bit better. So l- let me give an example here. Instead of a crystal ball to look at stuff... Maybe a material component or a focus would be runes, like old Norse runes. Sure. Some blooded runes. Yeah. That's how you you charge them, my friend. Some dice, or even just carved bones, like some knuckle bones would be cool. Or, yeah. Or just bones that you put in the uh, fire to char them. Mm Mm-hmm. The cracks. Yeah. Learned that from Avatar. I didn't know that. Yeah. Avatar, Last Airbender. Tea leaves. That's been going on forever. Then you've got some of the more more current ones, tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Or playing cards would also work. Any types of cards. Yep. Humming mantras to sink into a trance. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trancing, you could just go to sleep and interpret your dreams to de- to decipher something. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine that? Just tell me, Oracle, will my army destroy my enemies? Hold on just a second. Let me make my nighty time tea. Let me me take a nap. I will let you know. Can you imagine playing a narcoleptic diviner that just passes out at random moments and gets visions from the future? That's, that would be great. It's, or a cleric of knowledge that he just randomly falls asleep occasionally. And when he does, he gets, he gets beamed to the mothership. Yeah. yeah. Just the mothership just flashes information to him from whatever God of knowledge he's following. That would be awesome. He's on a horse, just falls right off, just kind of rolls down the street. <laughs> he gets up. He's like, guys, don't go down that hallway. It's going to be real bad. What fun would that be to play? That would also make a fantastic NPC. Oh, yes. For just random things to throw at the characters. Hell yeah, that'd be awesome, man. <laughs> I love that. You're, and the way you meet him is or her, you're riding down this forest path, and there's a dude that looks like he's dead in the middle of the path. He wakes up. He's like, I knew you would be here. I just saw it. Exactly. (laughs) Here's a couple of other examples. Uh, Created work, such as painting something or doing a wood carving. Yes. Or weavings, like weaving a tapestry or something like that. 
He's been woven into the fates of tapestries. Yep. Cool stuff. What else can we do? You got crystals. Mm-hmm. Floating talismans. A mirror is a big one in a lot of different cultures. Yeah. And not just like your standard silver mirror, but polished obsidian, like black mirrors are a big yeah. deal. Yeah, black mirrors would be cool. Panes of glass and how the patterns form. A bowl of water. Yeah. That's a very, that's a surprisingly common, it's called a scrying pool. It, yeah. Why isn't that in any descriptions? Who knows? Add them back in. Here's some other ones. Noxious chemicals or strange drugs. Yeah, the Oracle of Delphi. Yeah, sniffing the crazy vapors. Came up with some all, all kinds of cool stuff. Yep. Uh, entrails we mentioned already. Mm-hmm. How about a fresh brain? Dig through the brain folds and decipher the future. Blood and floating eyeballs. Yep. One of the things you mentioned is how about getting the torn ear of a wolf for Claire audience, right? It would allow you to hear better than you can. Yeah, maybe using different body parts to sense different things. So maybe you take somebody's nose to smell things you're not supposed to smell, give you the scent ability. Yet another thing we don't have. That's what I was just about to say. There's there's not even a spell in divination to give you keen senses. Yeah. Stuff in garbage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't even think it's in a ranger spell, is it? I don't think so. Right, we're going to look that up later, but I don't think there is. Maybe. So maybe primal senses. Primal maybe. Sen- yeah, primal senses. So these should be varied, right? Mix this stuff up. And the more powerful the spell, the stranger the thematic. Yeah. If you've got a ninth level divination spell, you should have some crazy Make it stuff. weird. Make it weird. Yeah, have fun with it, right? And finally, and most importantly, use divinations when they're cast as moments to really tell the story. Yes. Because, again, this is a collaborative storytelling game. GMs, if you have a diviner in your group, this is a gift. This is all of the options for foreshadowing you will ever need. To drop clues on your dense players because they can't figure out the puzzle. Or even just to continue to ratchet up the paranoia. Oh, that too, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to make it paranoid, man. If, if they're not sweating <laughs> when they sit down, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Depending on the game. That's very true. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about divination, and we're about to jump into some awesome spells, but we'll be right back. After these messages. If there are any topics you would like us to cover, goods or services you would like us to review, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, we would love for you to contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. And we're back. Welcome back. So we're talking divination done right. Yes, indeed. And we went a little bit into your slight rant about why divination for 5th edition isn't really as uh, up to par. No. And we got a little bit more into how to make divination a little bit better. Sure. Give you guys some story options, some thematics. Some flavor. Yeah, a little flavor. And now we're going to get into the meat of all of this by doing some spells. Now we've got eight spells. Mm-hmm. And we've done pretty much one for every level except for, we don't have a six level spell. We don't have a second or a sixth. Yeah. Yep. No, no seconds, no six. We've got two thirds. Yes. We gave you eight spells to choose from. Don't worry, we'll tell you the levels. And these are free to use for your game. Yeah. And we think these are fun. Now, we have not gotten the opportunity to test these out for balance, so 
Let us know what you think. We, they should be mostly okay, I think. I don't think anything's ridiculous. Yeah, if they're not balanced, then don't blame us. I mean, they can literally blame us. But they, they can totally blame us, but yeah. it still doesn't. Don't blame us anyway. Okay. Tell me, what do you got for your first spell here? My first spell is a, is a first level spell. Okay. And it's called Schism. Okay. Uh, and I'll just go through some of the basic stats here. Casting time, one reaction. So it's a reaction. Okay. Duration, it's instantaneous. Verbal and somatic. Range of 30 feet, target one creature. So it could be me or it could be another creature. Sure. With a violent chopping motion, you give the target knowledge of their next potential outcome, causing them to misstep. Target must make a whiz save or lose their action. So imagine if you were big beefy assailant coming up with a meat cleaver in their hand and a unfortunate expression on their face. Like they're really about to do something unfortunate to you. Right. And as a reaction before they hit you, or maybe even when they do hit you, you give them kind of a brief glimpse of possible futures, right? You could either do this or that. You could have the chicken or the fish. Right. And it just causes them to, to screw everything up. And because of that, they don't hit you or they don't, they miss their action. They just don't do the action. Right. They still get their move. They still get to keep their reaction, but their action for that round is shot. Gone. Yep. That's it. That's all it does. First level spell. Should have chosen the fish. Should have chosen the fish, guys. Always choose the fish. Unless you're on a plane. Or you're allergic. Yes. (laughs) All right. So for my first spell, I've got borrowed potential. Okay. Tell me a little bit about borrowed potential. It's a third level spell Mm -hmm. with a 10 minute casting time. It's a ritual. Oh, so you could do it as a ritual as well. That's nice. Duration, one hour. Cool. The target is one creature. You delve deeply into a life that you might have lived had things been different. You gain proficiency in one skill or one language. Mm -hmm. You may only grant one skill and language per target. Very useful. So you don't get to become a polyglot. You don't get to know all of the skills because you work, woke up extra early this morning or anything like that. But you can it. it's designed to help fill holes in parties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just maybe you have somebody in your party that wants to talk to somebody that isn't particularly adept. You just give them a little nudge. A little help out. Grant you the diplomacy skill for this exactly. action. It happens to be, you know, the gruff warrior or something like that hey look i'm just saying help your friends out the thief is dead and we need to open this lock yes i mean sometimes you got to get out of the dungeon and the only way you get out of the dungeon is for the wizard to be batman yes and the wizard is now batman grants grants yourself or another person the ability to be batman yep who's the most dexterous you yeah you are now yeah, the monk is now the rogue. Ta-da. And I love the idea of granting a language as well. Had things been different, I'd have known it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, what's interesting about this also is it takes an hour. Does Do you have to know the language or the skill? No. No, no. You're borrowing it from a different you. So I literally know Kung Fu. Yes. Cool. Uh, that's great. And how handy would that be just anywhere? Oh, I don't have tongues. That's okay. Here. Now I have, you know. <laughs> Give us a second. This is going to take a little longer than usual. Yeah. But you get to keep it longer and you can target anybody. I would also say 
upcasting might give you proficiency in weapons. Perhaps, uh, or armor or something like that. I think if you're going to change the basic premise of a character class, though, you would ha- need to make it a different spell and possibly have like a more expensive material component for it. Yeah. I just think it'd be kind of interesting. T- this is what I see. All right. First off, imagine. You just want them to know Kung Fu. No, 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 not that. Not that. That, that would be kind of fun. But what would be, I see this. Okay. You get captured. You're a wizard and they want you to fight in the gladiatorial pit. And you're just a typical scrawny wizard. You've got no skills. And then you, <laughs> you cast this spell and you put on the chain mail. Sure. And you grab the sword and you proceed to whoop people's ass. It's just kind of funny. Long spear. Tensor's transformation would do that as well. Yeah. And probably more efficient. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So, so forget everything I said, but it <laughs> just, I don't, I might be worth upcasting at some point. Now you've got another third level spell. Is that correct? I do. And it's called what? Seek the method. Cool. Tell me a little bit about seek the method. Well, we know it's a third level spell. It's true. We know these are all divination. Is it, uh, what's the casting time? One action. Mm-hmm. The duration is instant. Mm-hmm. It's verbal somatic material. The material component is an eye-shaped amulet made of bronze and emerald. So like the eye of Agamotto? Sure. The range is 120 feet, and the target is one creature. Nice. So here we go. You view your target through an eye-shaped amulet and watch rapidly playing out scenes of you attempting to destroy this person or creature. You learn its vulnerabilities, resistances, and immunities. Fun. Yes. That's it? Yep. So now you know their vulnerabilities. You know their resistances. It would be something like, um, I'm thinking Final Fantasy. What is like it? Scan? Yes. Scan from Final Fantasy. Yeah. I didn't think of that at the time, but that's exactly what it does. Yeah. yeah. That troll can be burned by acid and fire. <laughs> because maybe you don't have the knowledge arcana to determine that for a monstrosity or yeah. the knowledge nature for a monstrosity. But maybe you just need to know. Yep. The future knows. Yeah. You know now because you've been, yeah. You, <laughs> the, the endless possibilities will show you've you. You've played all the scenes out. This is, there is only one way this can go down. And again, thinking, you know, Avengers Endgame as well. So yeah. I can see you just kind of blah, 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 like, like you got your eye of Agamotto and you're just kind of like playing out all the scenes and stuff. That sounds, that's a lot of fun, visually from like a thematics element as well, because it should literally show you moving in high speed, in yeah. like a blur. That was literally the way I pictured it, was you watching the scene just... Do, 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 do. That's cool. Fun. Now, interestingly enough, I have one that's very similar, and it's a fourth level spell. Okay. And it's called Hit Him Where It Hurts. <laughs> Fair. What you got? Well, casting time, it's a bonus action. You like those. I I, well, I've got a, I have a reaction, now a bonus action. Oh, right. Uh, instant duration. Verbal somatic and material. The material component is a rune-inscribed arrowhead that you prick your finger on. Okay. So think of like a Norse rune arrowhead or you know, whatever rune you, you got to blood the rune. Yeah, right. got to blood the rune. Uh, 120-foot range, one attack. That's the target. Okay. This spell allows you to find the weak spot in a suit of armor 
the soft underbelly of a creature, or just a place where it really hurts. That's just right where you know where to hit the creature. I had a monster squad moment. Kick him in the nards. Yeah, yeah Wolfman's got nards, man. <laughs> you find out where the nards are. You deal maximum damage to the next attack. That's all it does. Now, it gets a little bit more fun. Okay. Because as a fourth level spell, okay, cool. I've, I can now, you, first, you still have to hit, but now I do maximum damage with that next attack. Now, if you cast this as a sixth level spell, you can choose one creature's next attack that round rather than yours. And this has some terrible stacking options. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if you go after the person who has a high attack, like the Barbarian or another wizard, the warlock, the thief with backstab. The rogue and the wizard. Those are the two. Yeah. Get that fistful of dice. Just say, (laughs) it's your birthday. Make it rain. How to guarantee that this disintegrates for you. Yeah. Now it gets even better. If you cast this as a six-level spell, Mm -hmm. you can choose one creature's next attack that round rather than yours. And... If, of course, if the target doesn't attack that round with spell or fist or whatnot, then the spell is lost. So hit them where it hurts has to be used that round. It, the name is on the 10. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of see this almost as like a little X appearing where the monster is currently hurts worse. Right. It's, it's targeted guiding bolt. Yes, very much. Now, it gets even better than that. If you, because remember, we went from a fourth to a sixth. So mm-hmm. your fourth is your, you can do it. Sixth, anybody can do it. Eighth, your entire party can do it. So if you cast a spell as an eighth level spell, you can choose your party's next attack for that round. Now, if your party happens to be five or six individuals, and keep in mind, it's within 120 feet anyway. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's an eighth level spell. Yeah. And it's only for a round. And if you're willing to blow an 8th level spell to have everybody deal maximum Maximum damage, damage. if they hit, they still have to hit, still worth it. Sure. But you can just about guarantee that one of them's going to hit with portent. Yes. (laughs) Oh, if you're a divine or wizard, you better. Yeah, that's where you roll for those d20s for the day and be like, that's a crit. There you go. There you go. We're definitely doing some damage this round. Cool. All right. You've got a fifth level spell called Witness the Legend. Tell me of this. Casting time is one action. Mm -hmm. The duration is eight hours. Long time. Yes. Verbal somatic material. Yep. The material component is a 250 gold piece platinum mirror. Hmm. And either the personal effect or a physical piece of, like a lock of hair, fingernail, whatever. Oh, very voodoo of you. The target is one willing creature. Mm-hmm. What's the range? 30 feet. Okay. So they're willing. You can get close to them. Sure. The target sees a vision of a possible self at the pinnacle of what they could become. And this vision rests in their mind. Cool. At any point in the next eight hours, they can choose to succeed at one attack roll, saving throw, or skill check. Just period. I have succeeded. You just kind of set that aside. I now I know I can at least one thing today I can do well. Yes. And basically it's a legendary action. 
It's mm-hmm. right. Hence the name of it. it Witness the legend. Yeah, I yeah. get it. If this spell is cast at a higher level, add one target per spell level above fifth. So you could have up to five creatures. Yep. Which is generally an entire party. part of a party. Yeah. yeah. Which means you cast this as a ninth level spell. First thing in the morning. Everybody's got something they can do. Don't blow it. You really need to make that save. You can make that save. That is for the barbarians will save. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dominate. No. And the con save for the wizard. Yep. I get it. (laughs) So I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but this is one of those moments that could be really good at foreshadowing or a way to seed ideas in your players. Mm -hmm. If the DM knows that your players have specific goals in mind, then that legend, that moment that you describe that legendary them can reflect those goals. Oh, so thematically when when, while casting the spell, you can kind of describe out yeah. everybody at the pinnacle of their being right. and seeing where they're becoming. So if a player wants to, say, become a powerful wizard, you might see a spell book in their hand, and they can even see the name of the spell book on the binding and stuff like that. And then that gives them the ability to maybe go find that book. Sure. And that was the other thing is you can seed item ideas for them, especially if you already have plans for specific items for those players. Uh, Tal'Dori has things called Vestiges of Divergence. Mm -hmm. If you're planning on bringing those items into the game, a spell like this is a great way to seed that idea. Just things like that. Yeah, that sounds fun. All right, we got three more spells left. We've got a seventh, an eighth, and a ninth. Seventh spell, we've got the Darkest Timeline. Yes. The seventh level spell. One action, duration, concentration up to 10 minutes. Now we've got verbal somatic. I would say we should probably throw some material into that as well. For the darkest timeline. Black mirror. Yeah. (laughs) That was exactly what I was thinking. We should throw a black mirror. A shard of a black mirror. I'm with it. That'd be cool. Range of 60 feet, target one creature. You fill a creature's mind with visions of the darkest future which would come to pass. The vision is so real. The target is unable to react to the world around it. The target must make a wisdom saving throw each round. The target also is stunned, blind, and deafened for the duration of the spell. Uh, at least until it takes damage or it makes a successful you know, save at the end of the round. Right. Now, if they make a save, it breaks the spell. So they're no longer you know, blind, stunned, and deafened. But that's they, good. That's good. But they take 5d8 psychic damage. Yeah. So when the spell ends, they're taking 5d8 psychic, period. Yes. I can understand that. Have you ever had somebody wake you up from a night terror? It's horrifying. It, the awfulness of the dream bleeds into reality for a moment. And this is a dark future, so you know this could potentially happen. Now, as a savvy DM... I would make it happen, particularly if this affects the player characters. Yes, if this gets cast on a player, 
then DMs, add this into your little repertoire and give them a dark future that could potentially come to pass. What a great story option. Oh my God, I saw something I shouldn't have seen. Everything was burning. The dragon burst out of the volcano and just leveled the whole countryside. And they could literally go and find that dragon. Maybe they wake him up. I was going to say, they, they could be the cause of that coming true. Sure. Now, creatures immune to fear are unaffected by this spell. Makes sense. Yeah. But aside from that, it's a seventh level spell. Give or take. Get him. Do damage. So, the next one we have is our eighth level spell. And that is Violent Ends. You notice these are just getting worse and worse as far as destruction is concerned. Like, we didn't really pull any punches on some of these. That is because they softball divination. and We're playing hardball? <laughs> I, I don't like it. We're throwing rocks at people? I am offended, and I'm showing my offense. Yeah. All right. So tell me a little bit about Violent Ends. You said it's an eighth level spell. What's the casting time and duration? One action. Duration is concentration up to a minute. Okay. The range is 60 feet. Target is one creature. Verbal somatic materials? Verbal. That's it? That's Okay. Theoretically, there are infinite paths that your life can take and therefore infinite ways to die. Yes. This spell provides the target with the unique experience of getting to witness their violent end in as many ways as the universe has the creativity for. Cool. So... So they just see themselves dying over, over and, and over, over and over. The target takes 5d8 psychic damage. Mm. Wisdom save for half. The target continues to take damage until it succeeds on three wisdom saves or the end of the duration. Hmm. So it's going to take at least 15d8 minimum. Yeah, well, it's only going to take half of those if it saves three in a row. Yeah. Because I'm kind and gentle. Uh-huh. But it could potentially last for an entire minute. I mean, yeah, that so could it, also happen. So it could be 50 D8 if they really fail. I mean, sure. That's a possibility. Statistically, it'll only be 25 D8. <laughs> 50% there, right? Depending on which character you cast it on. I mean, if you're going to really want to kill somebody. I'm casting person, it on the barbar. Yeah, because he's got the lowest wisdom. Most likely. I love this. And that's all it is, really. Now, again, going down dark paths and stuff like that. What if you shunted them into that reality? I would definitely throw one of their deaths as dying to the spell. That would be funny. And as a DM, you probably have figured out how all of your characters are going to die anyway. I mean, I have. Yeah. I mean, you should. In a lot of cases, it's going to be curiosity. Yeah. And have it for the spell for a player character, what a fun way to throw some intimidation. Sure. I mean, you can outfear the illusionist on this one. And that's the thing is none of these are illusion. These are things that could actually come to pass. Yeah, these are all probable futures. If I were a diviner, I would make sure that everyone was aware I don't use illusions. Mm. everyone would know that. And therefore, anything I did to them is a thing which can occur. Potentially. Yeah, yeah I love that. 
That'd be a mean diviner, man. <laughs> you're not fucking around here. This no. Is, nah, you get out of bed in the morning and you're like, yeah, I'll piss a little vinegar here. <laughs> All right, we got one more spell. We're saving the best for last, I like to think. <laughs> this is I. This, this is clearly one of yours. This is obviously one of mine. It's a nice little spell, guys. Just to let you know, it's called Stop, Collaborate, and Listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know it's ninth level. It's casting time, one action. Duration's only one round. Okay. It's got a verbal somatic material. Okay. Material component is ice and a vanilla bean. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Range of self. Mosey's or, going to appreciate it. Mosey will enjoy this. Thank you, Mosey. Uh, range of self, area 120 foot radius. You and anyone you choose within the radius cast your minds one round into the future to glean the actions or consequences of the next round. Okay. So I have shunted our brains and we are watching the best of the best going on around from the future. You're on a couch just watching the next few seconds yeah, play Yeah, like the Simpsons just seeing like what's going on in the world, right? Right. Everyone is involved is aware of each other's actions, which gives all allies within the radius advantage and all others disadvantage on attacks, saves, and ability checks. Okay, that is brutal. Yeah. 100%. So everybody in a 120-foot radius that you designate. So Either you, gets advantage or disadvantage. Pretty much, yeah. You get to determine that. In addition to that, knowledge of potential actions are shared amongst your allies, granting them the ability to plan out the turn as a group, if you wish. So this is one of the time where your players can actually metagame their actions because they're in their living room discussing the fight they just saw. 100%. So imagine you cast a spell, and then all of a sudden you say, stop, collaborate, and listen, get everybody together, and they you just basically describe, all right, this monster's going to hit you, this monster's going to do this, the dragon's going to be fire, or maybe you guys are all falling to your deaths, right? And you're going to, you hit first, and this is how you're going to burn to death. And, you know, you guys are only five feet from each other. You're going to make, need to make a deck save or something like that. So basically, you tell them what's going to happen next round, right? Mm-hmm. If they're trying to deactivate the bomb, the alchemical bomb, the bomb explodes. So everyone has a round basically to redo. Sure. It's a nice little spell. Yeah. Now, it's very similar to Foresight, but the difference is, is it's not eight hours. It's a round, but it's everybody in a 120-foot radius. Right. Knowing this also, you know that because the monster is going to be attacking the wizard and not the barbar, barbar can move ahead of time and, you know, whack him for advantage. He knows how he's going to strike and win. Yep. So it's a great thematic element to a ninth level spell. Now, this is going to require the DM to decide what is going to occur. And to stick to that decision. Yes. Because normally, when you're in rounds, your people can make decisions based off of other decisions that have been made. But if you say the where alligator is going to attack the wizard, then the where alligator must attack the wizard even if the barbarian moves to protect him. Mm-hmm. Because that's what was foreseen. So, keep that in mind. Maybe you're going to want to build a little bit of flexibility into what's going to occur, but yeah. maybe not. Yeah, there's, well, I, I'll give an example of how that could be interpreted. Let's say the, the 
the were alligator is going to attack the wizard. Now, mm-hmm. if the barbarian gets right in front of him, then the were alligator can't attack the wizard. Right. So he's going to have to attack the barbarian at that point. Sure. And so, but the, your characters would know that. And as a DM, you should tell them that. Like, if he is unobstructed, he is going to attack the wizard. Or that warlock is going to cast Mage Bolt at so-and-so. Right. And so that lets the characters plan accordingly. And I would give them a couple of minutes, like, in the game, you know, to, to play around with it, even though, like, this is all happening. Because the idea is that this is instantaneous, right? You've basically slowed time down so that you can see that one round and everybody gets what's going on. Sure. And so you could basically say, okay, cool. Because he's going to do that. You go behind him or, Barbar, you jump in front of him. He's going to attack you instead. Right. You see how that works? And then it happens according to the turn order. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. What I meant was, if the barbarian goes before the wear alligator for the purposes of this example, and the barbarian moves in the way, the wear alligator still moves to mm-hmm. the wizard, right? He doesn't completely change targets. Yeah, unless he can't get physically around him or something like that. Right. Because otherwise, the planning portion of the spell doesn't work. Because the second you do something different, it all falls apart. Well, you can also plan very poorly and, and change the future. It's true. So you gotta got to plan accordingly, folks. So there you have it. Eight different spells of divination quality for you guys to use in your next campaign. And hopefully some thematics, some options, some storyline ideas, and just ways to make divination mo better. Indeed. We have done divination right, hopefully, this evening. I hope so. Yeah. Let us know what you think, guys. Yeah. Any questions or comments, write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, Eric at goblinscorner.com, or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. We're on all the things. Matt, what are some things we happen to be on? We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. And Instagram. As The Goblins Corner. Do you like our show? Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. You can also do us a favor. Click the five stars or give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, and YouTube. On YouTube, do all the YouTube things. If you like the show, please like the show. Click the subscribe button, ring the bell so that you can get all of the notifications because subscribing doesn't actually notify you. I don't know. But it feeds the hungry algorithm and it gets our show in front of more people. That's right. And we will know because we have divination abilities. Yes. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name's Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Have a good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. The music is by the Mighty D20. This has been a Subterranean production. <laughs>